Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Property Management Show. It's so good to have you. Um, I have a uh, very interesting guest today, and the topic we're going to explore is near and dear to every single business owner I know. Um, and this is what we all struggle with. And that, you know, specifically, imagine when you run into business and you finally, you finally thinking, okay, I'm wearing 16 hats um, and, and, if, and I need to hire some. I need to bring somebody in. I need to hire more people. Uh, who should I hire? What should I hire? And I can't even afford to hire anyone. So what should I do? Um, how can I think about it? How can I stop this rat race and find enough time and put together a plan to bring somebody in and go to the interview process, you know, qualify the right person, bring them in, give them the right job description, oversee them and um, help uh, make them successful and being part of my organization. Well, so to help me think through this challenge, I've invited Kathleen Richards, who's uh, uh, the property management coach. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, how you doing? Uh, it's awesome, awesome to have you on. You know, you and I have already done a podcast, maybe even two, right? Yes. And we have, you know, we have like 14,000 views on YouTube on one of them, right? Yes, woohoo! Yeah, so yeah, you you and I would jam pretty well, and and you are full of exceptional advice and lots of experience. You run property management company for a long time, and you've been a coach for a while, and so I really appreciate you coming here uh, to share your advice. Sure. Awesome. So, as a business owner, I need to hire somebody. I cannot afford it. I don't even have time. What's my first step, Kathleen? How do I get myself out of that spiral? Okay, so in my coaching practice, I get this a lot. Um, I would probably say a good 75% of the people I coach, this is right on target with what they're dealing with. So you're not so, alone? Yeah, they're not alone by any means. It's very normal. So, you know, people start out doing it themselves. And then they grow and grow, and then the time comes, like you said, they, they need to bring other people on board. So before they bring people on board, the first thing I ask people to do is to kind of look at their processes. Do they have systems in place? Because sometimes um, you may not actually need to bring people on board if it's just you and you're at the point where you can't do everything. But you got to get what's in your head out so that if you do bring somebody on, you're going to have a clear idea of what that person's going to be. So the question I always get is, do I bring on a BDM, a business development manager, to take over the sales side? Or do I bring on a property manager? Or do I bring on an assistant? Or, oh my God, the thing that sucks all my time is maintenance. Do I bring on somebody to handle maintenance? So they're so overwhelmed because they're doing everything they're trying to figure out what part of what they do can they hand off. So I like to ask people, what are you really good at? Okay, mm -hmm. so the things that you are already good at, if you are a stellar salesperson, don't go hire a BDM, okay? Get rid of the things that you don't like handling, okay? So if it's the maintenance, which I'm gonna take that because that's what most people really don't like handling is the maintenance side of things, okay? Maybe you hire an assistant or someone to deal with the maintenance calls and the work orders and the scheduling and the tenant contacts and the billing and blah, 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 right? 
that is a huge relief just to kind of offload that onto somebody else, okay? So the first thing is to think about where do you need help? Instead of just screaming fire, fire, what room in your house would, you know, it really help to put that fire out in, okay? So figure that out first. Secondarily, people are panicked because they're like, I can't afford to hire anybody. So there's a couple things to think about there. Um, people hear about hiring interns or students. You know, I've gone down that path with my property management company too. You kind of get what you pay for. So, you know, I think in many cases it's well worth paying somebody to get someone who's skilled that can come on board that has the skill set to really take things off your plate and help you immediately because what holds a lot of people back is the whole notion of I don't have the time to train them I'm so busy right and an entry-level person is going to need a lot more attention and training okay so maybe look to somebody that has some experience already that can kind of grow with the organization okay um, so in thinking about that there's a couple different options I want to toss out there to people. One is hiring a virtual assistant. Okay. I, I had a big fear around doing that myself because I was afraid I'd lose control. I'd lose quality. You know, we've all experienced customer service reps that, you know, you kind of get lost in the funnel of things. Right. Um, but I took the leap of faith and said, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Okay, the person doesn't work out and okay, I, I gave it a shot. What's the best thing that could happen? Oh my God, this, it, I could be so excited about this that maybe I hire another person, okay? So I did hire a virtual assistant to take over our leasing process. Oh my God, unbelievable. Highly qualified, if people want more info about that, um, the company that I went through was Hire Smart VAs um, and Lackey. Um, been super impressed the woman's got a master's degree her English is perfect um, degrees in English all that sort of stuff so that whole division is now handled by the VA okay um, maintenance department could be handled by a VA as well okay so that's a huge cost savings in payroll because you're not paying the taxes payroll taxes all that sort of stuff they're available to you much of what can be done nowadays is via the cloud right so there's a lot where you don't necessarily need to have a physical person in the office okay the other thing I tell people if they really feel that they need to have somebody physically present in their office whether that's answering their phones or doing showings or whatever who says you have to hire someone full-time hire someone part-time right and then start handing things over to that person you're just going to want to advertise the job as part-time to full-time okay so that you don't hire someone that then as you want them to grow into the position they're like no i just want part-time okay so that is a really good option for people too where you might be able to just get by with someone on a part-time basis and then getting back to efficiencies Think about all the things that you are currently doing in your business. NARPM has a, a large number of quality vendors like yourself that could help with the marketing, help with the website, help with other things, right? That, you know, I know that that's not in my wheelhouse. I've used you guys forever for my property management company because you do it so great. It's such a good price. So to me, it's well worth it to have the expert do it. There are vendors now that have lock boxes, you know, so that you don't have to be showing the property yourself, right? 
So look for NARPM vendors that might be able to support you. There's NARPM vendors that also do the maintenance side of things that will take the emergency calls that will send out you know, the vendor that you've selected or that the owner wants for that property. We'll do the emails, do the work orders. So I like to triage with people and kind of, first of all, find out where, where they really need the help in the area that they're not good at. And then how can we fill that position? Another thing is when people say I don't have the money is what is your time worth? You know, if you're a hundred dollar an hour person, it's not worth it for you to be doing $10 an hour work. So you've got to be able to free up some of the resources within the company to pay someone to help you. Okay. A good test for doing that is set aside what you think it would cost to hire, say a part-time person, put that money aside. If you find that you really can't afford it because you don't want to hire someone, then let them go. Okay, you're going to know after a couple months if you're struggling to put aside that amount of money. Okay, but you might be surprised that, okay, yeah, I can kind of put that money aside, put it aside for, for six months or so, build up that account so that now you have the money to go out and hire somebody. Okay, so there's a couple different options there that you can go with from efficiencies streamlining your processes that you already have okay um i'm a huge proponent of time blocking i've done this forever um when things get really crazy in the summertime i don't answer my phones live i have a recording that i check our messages two times a day we get back to you within 24 hours and um that way when we sit down and return the calls we're returning them all at one time boom 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 Okay. Um, instead of fielding calls all day long, you don't get anywhere. Um, set up your time. You're in the office in the morning and all your outside appointments are in the afternoon, whether that's showings, inspections, whatever. Another idea to help you is look around to people that you know. In the beginning, I had a girlfriend of mine that um, was a realtor. She didn't do sales all the time, so I would pay her to go do my showings. I'd pay her to go do my move-ins and my move-outs for me just an hourly rate, but I didn't have a full-time employee. She was like a contract employee. She'd just give me an invoice at the end of doing the jobs. I'd have her do my pet inspections. I'd have her do my maintenance inspections for me. So all those little one-off things, I'm sure everybody out there knows someone that they might be able, that they could count on, that would represent them well, that would be happy to kind of get that little extra bit of money um, and would take the load off of you as a business owner for all those you know, one-offs where you're running out in the field all the time or your maintenance checks or posting a 24-hour notice or a three-day notice, those sort of things that, you know, by the time you leave the office and come back, an hour and a half's been lost. So think, you know, try to think outside the box for ways that you can get the support that you need. Gotcha. gotcha. So those, those are, that's, a, that's a very good advice. So, you know, you're saying part-time versus full-time that's a consideration part-time you know going to full-time um, VAs is a consideration uh, asking people within your network who might have some free time to help you um, and hiring an experienced person versus someone fresh uh, on an internship uh, program is probably at the end of the day is gonna work out better because they already have the skill set 
and you won't have to spend so much time training and developing them only to see them leave or uh, not grow up to be who you want them to be. Yes. And another thing in when it comes time to actually go out and look for somebody, the one thing I would say is you have to be really clear about what you want that person to do. I can't tell you how many times I see people just, you know, putting out out there on Craigslist assistant. They haven't done a disc assessment to make sure the personality profile is going to work for what they want. Um, the person starts, they have nothing planned for the person. They throw them to the wolves. And first of all, that makes you look really disorganized. Okay. And the whole point of trying to hire somebody is to get some organization around your office. So you don't want to create more chaos in the mix of things, right? So by being really clear about what you want, who you want, you're going to have a better chance of hiring the right person. Because I know we've all made the mistake when we're in panic mode, we hire somebody in panic mode and they may not be the right hire and now we're kind of stuck with that person who, who really can't do the job that we want to do or really doesn't have the skill set and then we have to let them go later. And so it's, it's better to fire fast and hire slow. Um, the reality is if you're truly in desperation, then you just have to triage. What's the top three really most important things that I need to focus on and everything else kind of goes by the wayside. I coach people a lot around the notion of it's okay to tell people when they call you that my portfolio is full at this time and I'm not taking any new clients. I know that is so counterintuitive to the notion of you're building your business, you're building your business, but what kind of message are you putting out there to people that when you finally return the call, you're so rushed, you're so harried, you don't have their information together. What owner's going to want to hand their very expensive investment property over to you if you look like you're a freaking mess? So it's okay to sometimes put the brakes on things and just say, you know what, can I check back with you in a month? Right now our portfolio is full. It's our busy season, whatever. And I can tell you all that does is make you more exclusive. The person in many cases in property management isn't always ready to have someone take over management and advertise it tomorrow. You know, I will talk to people and literally a year later they call me up and say, we're ready or three months down the line, right? So the fact that you're not trying to do the hard sell and you're being honest with them because it's harder to correct a reputation that's been destroyed than to take your time and to be consistent in that message that you're putting out to people of how you wanna be viewed in your marketplace, right? Um, so that's a, a piece of advice that's very counterintuitive to people, but sometimes you just, you need to, you just need to say, I had to do it in the beginning when it was me and one assistant and it's summertime and things are going crazy. I would just tell people, I'm so sorry, this is our busy season. I'm not taking any new clients, but can I reach out to you in a month or feel free to call me back in a month? And I'd write down their name and number. We'd pick a calendar time. So I'm not losing that lead. And I would, I would follow back up with them when, you know, things had kind of calmed down or I'd got that person hired or we got, you know, half of our properties rented. Now I can kind of come up for air. So the reality is it's okay to, to press pause sometimes 
Don't feel like you've got to take everything that comes through the door. And if you're really that busy, then secondarily, also start looking at the quality of clients that you want to take into your property management. You don't have to take all of them, right? So then I coach people around, okay, what's your ideal client look like? And what are some questions that we can ask when we're kind of screening them initially to see if they fit that profile? So you know right then and there, if they're not your ideal client, you can refer them to someone that they would fit with right and now that leaves you open for bringing on more business of the kind that you want right so that's a good place to be in but i think a lot of times people feel like they have to take everything that comes through the door interesting so you said something that i want to explore a little bit further um you said something to the tune of um well set aside some money to um, see if your business can afford an employee. Yes. Right? Uh, that, that, that really sort of that, that I didn't expect that. I didn't see that. I've never done it myself. And as, as myself as a business owner, you know, I always have a plan and I, I, I have an understanding of what each customer is worth to our company. Yeah, but you have what a plan. Level. Most people don't. Ah. You have a plan, but most people don't. Well, so let, let's so so let's let's see if we can bring them to that thought process, right? Bring, yes. Help them with that, build that mental model. That look, it's pretty programmatic, right? There's as as business uh, with all this cloud stuff, um, you know, your overhead does not increase that dramatically for every unit added. Correct. Right. I mean, I guess between two and five, two and three, maybe there's two and four. But once you're, I can say, 40 or 35, 40, you know, from there on, it's, it's sort of it should be programmatic. You should be going um, scheduling yourself a time to sit down in a quiet room or I call it a retreat. I like to go fishing. I like to go uh, different place. I got to step out of my office, step out of the, my home, go somewhere and do the business planning. I've done it since. The very first day I started four and a half, when it was just me, I still had a plan together. Yes. Right? So the notion I cannot afford it or, you know, to me, this sounds, you just have not done your work. You have not, you have not put together the plan. You have not done the planning that you need to do in order to run this business and you're not really serious. That's true, but I think the majority of property managers um, don't necessarily have business degrees or, you know, they, they come to it because they were selling real estate and their clients started saying, Hey, could you help me with the management? Or, you know, they took over a small portfolio from, you know, a family member and, and started growing it. And so they kind of learned through the school of hard knocks mm. and, you know, I used to work in the financial industry and would do financial planning for individuals. And I can tell you, people don't do financial planning either. They'll spend, you know, six months planning a vacation or researching what car they want to buy, but they don't actually sit there and do the numbers of how much am I going to need to put down on the car or have for the vacation or whatever. Um, I think it's kind of human nature in that people view it as, um, like math, you know, people would say, oh, I'm not good at math, you know, in school. <laughs> it's that boring thing that people automatically dismiss. And so what I try to convey to people is, first of all, if you have the notion to grow your company, let's work backwards. What kind of company do you want? 
Do you want to be small and boutique? Do you just want it to be you and an assistant? Which is great. Which is Which great. Is There's great. some yeah, super profitable. Look at your company. There's some super nice, yes. well-run, absolutely happy employees, happy companies. You don't need to be freaking huge, right? This is no, nobody no, said you need to be two two thousand units. I'm with you right. on that. But if you want to be, then it should be no surprise to you, right, that at some point you need to hire people, right? These aren't surprises, is what you're saying. And so by having a plan in place, you'll be able to execute things. But what I see in my coaching practice is most people don't. The business comes in, they're doing it themselves, and then all of a sudden, they get hit with a bunch of properties or they get hit with a lot of problems and now they're putting out the fires and they don't have the energy to devote to bringing on that new business, right? And so um, I think most people tend to just kind of work, you know, fly um, kind of from the hip sort of stuff. But what you're saying and what I'm saying is that with a little bit of planning, I think sometimes people are scared to see the numbers, right? Because they're thinking, well, maybe I'm worse off than what I really am. So that's where I say, okay, let's play a little bit. What do you think it's going to cost you to hire somebody? Okay, and let's let's just do the numbers here. Can you afford that? We go through and we kind of do the basic math. And if they say they can't or they're not sure or I think I can or whatever, I go, okay, we'll set aside some of that money and let's see if you really can do it right without making that leap and and you can't okay if you really can't afford somebody then we need to start looking at why you can't afford somebody because the thing that most small business owners don't realize is payroll can be up to 50 percent of your entire revenue that comes in Right? Like a service business. That's, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, totally. that's a given. So, right, right. So, but people don't realize that. And they don't realize that then you've got to set aside the taxes. So they get frustrated that they're doing all this work and they're really not making any money after all said and done. That's where I kind of like the idea, you know, with all the technology that we have. First of all, you may not, I get people say, well, I need a physical office. And I challenge them on that. Do you? Because that's overhead, Right. With, with all the technology we have today, you really don't need a physical office. How about if you could rent a space? There's all different companies out there that you can rent a space for when you need a meeting with an owner or something, right? Technology, we're doing our, our Skype call today. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can put in place versus, and, and part of it too is looking at your market. I know people that don't have physical offices. I know people, if they're in a market with that's maybe an older community, you might need to have a small little office space or something because that's their expectation, right? Um, but if people really can't afford it, then we need to look at, we need to increase money. You need to make more money in your company and how are you going to do that? So then we delve into the services they're offering and their pricing and, you know, some of those things to set, maybe put in place in order to help them to support having an employee. I like the VA model, the virtual assistant model, because one, it's a huge savings to your bottom line and payroll. Um, Recently, we tried hiring a local person in my community. I've always been very proud of the fact that I hire local people in my community. Um, but the market is so tight, at least here in California, 
that the labor costs, what I used to pay somebody 15 an hour, people were coming back and saying, I want 21, 22 an hour. And that was without a real estate license. Right. And I'm like, wow, I just, you know, for, for what that job is, which is mostly just an administrative job. Um, that's, I can't afford that. So I went the virtual assistant model and I'll share with everybody. I pay the staffing agency $8 an hour. So I could hire three employees, four employees, you know, for what I was paying, you know, one person. You're not paying the payroll taxes. You have highly educated people. They don't call in sick. You know, they're they're happy to have the work. Um, but the so thing from, from, from what I found on the VA side of things, you have to have a competent manager that works with your company that can sort of run and be responsible and and be either you are that manager or you have another manager and you do whatever it is that you need, need to do as a business owner. But I found And you that have to have your systems in you, place. You have to have a system, but you also have to have somebody who can coach, who can uh, um, give them feedback, who can check their work, who can, well, that's a check everything. I'm not talking about like, right, like micromanaging. I'm talking about managing just like as a team member. Like mm -hmm. the team needs to be managed. And I found that as an individual, as an owner, um, of the business that has work during the day, family during the evening, you don't always, you're not always going to have time to manage your VAs directly. You need, you need some help. So I, I don't know about VA being the first hire, Kathleen. I would challenge you on that. Mm, I, I don't know. I'm like super, super happy with, you know, if you want them to just be, you know, taking messages and maybe typing up documents and doing admin stuff or helping, you know, kind of being the back office person, I think they're good for that. Um, and there's, it is a team, but your interaction with them would be no different than if someone was physically in your office or they're working remotely from their home. I mean, it's not any different. Hey, guys, who, I'm talking to our audience here right now. Let's yeah. find out. I, I actually want to get some feedback and, you know, from time to time I ask for your feedback and, uh, if you don't mind, email me at Alex at four and a half and let me know if you had success having a VA as your first hire or if you had failure and, and, and maybe give us some uh, nuggets of wisdom uh, on the VA side. Cause I think we both, you and I, Kathleen can use more information um, mm -hmm. and more experience. So if anybody in the audience, if you guys experience that, please, uh, please send me an email. I'd love to hear your experience and uh, which will make again, which will make me better and me, give me more understanding Kathleen as well. Mm -hmm. So th that'd be good. But um, okay. Well, moving on VA, Let's say it worked for you, and I respect that. That that that's big. But I think, in my opinion, you need to have your right hand before you have start having your, you know, your um, fingers, so to speak, doing the work. Right? You need to you need to have a control of the hand first. Um, and right. I, so and, and I I I think it's nice to have somebody there that can support you. It's just an option for someone that may truly, you know, after you coach and you go through and you realize they really don't have the financial wherewithal based upon where they're at, um, that that might be a viable option for them in delegating some things um, or being able to support them on the back end because there is such a huge price differential between what you're paying them versus you know bringing somebody on board. Um, another way that people can go sometimes, I know I did this in the past, was, um, I went through a temp agency 
and that can be kind of hit or miss too. Oh, interesting. Uh, but it's a good way to try out people and see if they are going to fit in with your company culture to see if they really can do what they say they're going to do. Um, I've always had an extremely extensive interview process. Um, and I don't interview straight off the job description. Uh, my, when I put an ad out there, it's based upon personality characteristics of what we're looking for. Um, and then if depending upon, and then I have like two questions I ask people to answer. And one is like, how do they, um, explain a time when they handled a difficult client and how did they resolve that? And then my second question is, what do they like to do for fun? Because I don't want to hire a workaholic. I want to hire somebody that's a well-rounded person. Cause like you said, you get your best ideas, you know, when you have alone time or you're out in nature or whatever you're doing. So to me, it's important that, that people have balanced lives. I know that's what I'm striving for continually. So I want to try to emulate that as well. Right. Um, and then from there, once people get back to me, if they, I can't tell you how many times people don't even answer those two questions. So boop, they're out right off the bat. I haven't wasted any time with them. And then if they look good, then I ask them to take a disc assessment. And once they finish taking their disc assessment, if they're still interested, then I give them the um, kind of job criteria and ask them for their resume. And so if they don't have the right profile that I'm looking for for the position, then I don't move forward with them. I just say they're not the right match for our company. So I'm a big proponent of using a disc to assess, to make sure that you're getting not just the right people, but the right people in the right seat on the bus. So disc is a personality profile. Can you kind of explore that just a little bit for those who don't know? Yeah. And, so and how to use it? Yeah, so um, what it does is it looks at four different areas of um, a personality type. So if you are looking for a bookkeeper, you're going to want someone who has, you know, um, a really strong, in the DISC, it's D-I-S-C, a really strong C. And those are people that follow the rules, attention to detail, numbers, all that sort of stuff. You're not necessarily going to want a strong I or a strong D. And I's tend to be the salespeople. Okay, so a top notch realtor is probably going to be a strong D, I or I, D. Okay, and um, that's not what you want in your bookkeeper. You want someone that likes stability, likes their, you know, they show up every day, they do their numbers, they're okay with the repetitive, 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 right? Um, so it is really helpful when you're looking for different types of people for different jobs. Uh, my property managers, I like them to be SCs. So S's are steady people. They're really good administrative people. They're very organized. Those are the people that their desks are cleared. All their files are color coded, right? They're, they're the 911s. SC's are a 911 person. You call a 911 operator and they're calm, okay? That's what an SC is. So property managers, are going to be dealing with people day in, day out, people that aren't happy about this or complaining about that, or there's a maintenance issue or there's an emergency. You want someone that's calm and organized and steadfast and, you know, just keeps doing their job. Okay. But 
For a BDM, a business development manager, you're going to want someone that's a good salesperson, that's self-motivated, that really gets out there, that, you know, can bring in the business. Well, that person is not, you would not put them down to do your accounting. You know, top, top real estate agents always, always have a team around them and typically a transaction agent. Why? Because they're awesome salespeople. They suck at the paperwork, right? But the paperwork to close the deal is super, super important. Okay. Yeah, super important. So you need all these different people to be on your team. Same thing in property management. You need a well-rounded team. And so the problem when most people are hiring is we hire people like us. We want someone that's going to work hard like us, that's going to, you know, um, we feel comfortable with people like us. Well, the problem with hiring someone like us is we're not balancing out the team. So that's where you look at what are you really good at? If you're really good at sales, then you want to make sure to hire as an assistant a strong SC that's going to be there doing the computer work and all the leases and, you know, following up with tenants and giving the notices and managing your calendar for you, right? If you're a strong SC person organizationally, then you may need to hire more of a salesperson to get out there and get the business and, and kind of be the face of the company in many respects. And you're the organizational development person more in the background, running the offices, right? So it's really important to know, first of all, as a business owner, what your skill sets are. Because then you're going to know who to hire to build that team, to round out that team. And so that's why I like using the disc. Because it, it helps me hire the right people. Gotcha. And how do you administer the disc? Um, how I administer the disc is um, I there's like a freebie one, a, a smaller version one that I have. I email out to the candidate. So once they email me saying that they're interested in the position I put out there and they've answered the two questions that I've asked, then I send them a job description and then I email to them the disc for them to go ahead and take the disc. And I ask them to email the disc back to me. And after the disc and reviewing the job description, if they're interested, let me know that. Email back the disc. If they're not interested, they don't email back the disc or they don't take it at that point. So I kind of have steps that I put people through. Got it. And where do you find that, that actual uh, little disc profiler? Is that a software or can oh, people just go on the internet, look D-I-S-C-K? Yeah, you can, you can Google like free d-i-s-c assessment and there's all kinds of freebie ones that come up you know there's there's personality ones there's behavioral ones there's all sorts of different you know profiles but you're going to want to make sure that they do a um personality assessment gotcha well this was um very enlightening kathleen i i really appreciate you taking the time and and giving us uh, a lot of this information that is um I think it will be helpful for people. Um, my like to, to round this out. First of all, I want to say, guys, if you don't know, um, if you've not attended a conference this year, or if you're looking for to meet the top level entrepreneurs of our time in property management space, consider the PM Growth Summit 2018. It's happening in February. Um, it's gonna be sold out, and you do not want to miss it. Um, um, you know, we're gonna have. Very, very, very sort of 
um, diverse speaker set, um, people from the industry, people from without the industry, um, that have specifically going to converge together to educate. Um, and I think the largest part of this is also networking, right? So a larger part, right? Education is important, but networking is also key. And so if you guys want to take that, take a look at that, uh, it's pmgrowsummit.com. Um, take a look at the website. You can book your tickets there, and we really hope to see you there. Um, and let me interrupt real quick, Alex. Um, the PM Grow Summit last year, one thing I'd like to say about that, because there's lots of different conferences and ways that people can get education around property management, but I think what made the PM Grow Summit different was that it's a real deep dive into um, how to grow your company and actionable things that people can take away that others have done and have been very successful at um, across the board with all different types of companies. And so for those people that are really looking to kind of take their company to the next level, you had amazing speakers last year. And I know some of my clients that I coached attended last year as well. And um, they put into practice a lot of the things they learned. And so they felt it was extremely valuable um, conference to attend. A lot of smart people, and you also spoke there, right? Yep. Yes, I did. Yeah, mm -hmm. That was wonderful. So, yeah, thank you. So, yeah, you guys, uh, take pmgrowsummit.com, check it out, make your decision, but make it soon because it's going to get sold out, and uh, you're going to be another year without the essential information you need to grow your business and without the relationships you can build there. And it's in California this year, right? Right, so in San Diego. So, flying to Florida, so down in San Diego. San there you Diego, go. Right. Um, one other takeaway um, I'd like to um, um, give you before we finish this is um, put a plan together. You don't need to be a math genius to to do this. I know sometimes it, it and I, I know by myself, like look, looking at your, your numbers is sometimes uncomfortable and sometimes scary because th then you just really don't have a, like you really take the hope that haze of opportunity away and you look at things and they become reality and sometimes it, it can hurt, right? Sometimes you look at the stuff and like, oh man, oh, all right. But but you have to face it as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you have to face it. You have to give, give yourself time every quarter, sit down for a full day and do some planning, right? It does not need to be complicated. You can, you can, you can ring uh, Kathleen, get her involved and help you sit down and think through what your next 12 months are gonna look like, okay? Yep. Yeah, things are moving. Yeah, technology is fast. People say, well, what's the point of planning if everything changes so fast? Well, not so fast, right? You, you're gonna know where you go in the essence, uh, the outcome, right? And then you'll be able to build systems around that outcome. So I highly recommend people, if, you, if you're just starting, or if you have, even if you have a mature business, spend time every quarter to do the planning and bring talent in to help you look at your business from a perspective you've never seen. Right. You right now sitting there and looking at your business, looking at the same numbers, and those of you who are ready to face the numbers, looking at the same numbers, trying to interpret them in different ways, well, bring somebody in who can look at it from the outside, like Kathleen. I highly recommend you talking to her and, and, and seeing if she can give you a perspective and then help you shortcut some of the mistakes that you can potentially make. Um, in any event, guys, spend the time to plan. I really appreciate it. And at the end of this podcast, I want to ask you for something else. If you stayed all the way here and you're still listening to me, um, I would love to ask you for a favor. 
email me at alex at Email me your questions. Like we've done 42, this is 40, I think Kathleen, this is like 40, episode 41. Oh, awesome. We've, yeah, we've covered a lot of things. I had a lot of really smart people on the, on the show and I've learned a ton. Like this is one of my favorite things about this job is actually running this show. Yeah, and I and I I watch your podcast too. I go in and see all the different people that you've brought in and I listen to all the different shows too. So it's helpful to me. I'm always learning and expanding and and it's helpful to know what questions are out there. It's one of the reasons I teach a lot because it keeps me grounded with what's happening out there. What are the things that people want to know? What are the things people are struggling with? And I can't emphasize enough like you said, it doesn't take a lot to plan. But if you want to be successful, you have to put it down pen to paper and list out, you know, a few items of, you know, where you want to be and, and real numbers. And when you put it to paper, then you can see where you're deficient. Okay, that's great because now that's an opportunity that you can plug or put something in place to get you over that hump to get to the next thing. I know I was cleaning out some files, we're getting towards the end of the year, and I've always been a planner, and I was laughing because I found my annual plans from when I first bought my company back in 2005 of all the different, my goals for each year, right? And I was flipping through them. And the fabulous thing is you're like, oh my God, I accomplished so much. You forget when you're an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur, because you're just running 100 miles an hour. You forget to stop and look at what you've really accomplished. And that's really important because that will give you the motivation to say, wow, I've done a lot. And then you can think about, well, what do I want to do next? And then what do I need to put in place to make that happen? And so, yeah, finding a, a coach, a mentor, someone that can kind of help plug you and keep you going. Going to the conferences is huge. Sometimes people are like, I can't afford it or I don't have the time. My response to that is if you're gonna be a true professional, you have to go to the conferences. That's part of being a professional. That's part of taking seriously what you do because everything you learn is gonna make you better, make your company better, and it's it will bring those high quality clients to you in the end because they will see you as a professional as well. And the biggest thing is it just makes you realize that you're not alone. Property managers all across the United States, Canada, Australia, England, the UK, all that are going through the exact same things. So it gives you a great networking opportunity to find out how people in their situations are solving some of the same problems that you're having. So definitely listen to all of Alex's podcast. He has tons of them that probably cover pretty much every gamut. And you can figure out some really interesting out of the box ways to overcome, you know, some of the issues that you're having and that you're normal. You know, this is kind of an entrepreneur. The day in the life of an entrepreneur has many ups and downs and, um, you know, sometimes people that do it love it. And sometimes people realize maybe I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur and that's okay too. That just means you have an opportunity to do other things with your business, partner with somebody else or yeah, sell hire one. or hire a team and you back out of it and let the team do it. So, you know, there's, there's a hundred ways to accomplish the same goal. 
and there's no one way to do it. That's that's the beautiful thing. And the more you talk with people, you'll find out what's going to work for you and what feels right to you. Right. So that's good. So if you are listening to this and you have a burning question, there's a topic we haven't covered. There's there's a, there's a little interesting issue you're having that will be beneficial for us to bring an expert on and talk about it for the rest of the industry or just just to share your problem with me um, alex at four and I look forward to the feedback let me know just say hey I'm listening I love the show or I'm listening I hate the show whatever I'm, that's fine let me know what your thoughts are let me know the ideas and Kathleen I want to thank you kindly for your time you've been very very generous with that you're um, very welcome and Kathleen can be found at thepropertymanagementcoach.com that's C smart get a right url and you went you're halfway there <laughs> good stuff all right kathleen i'm gonna i know you have another appointment to jump into and uh, again thank you for your time guys email me if you have any questions thank you for listening till next time thanks bye